Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Diana, the creator of Positive Attitude for Positive Birth Blog and Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the use of aromatherapy with our guest, Stephanie McJemai-Bride. Stephanie is a published writer, worldwide speaker, certified clinical herbalist, nutritionist and essential oil educator. Hi, Stephanie. How are you today? Hi, Diana. I'm doing great. I'm actually just back from Lithuania where I was presenting on this topic. So that was incredible. Such a beautiful country. That sounds great. So you're all around Europe? Yes. <laughs> I have kind of a second home in Ireland. <laughs> My partner's Irish. But I was just in Poland, Lithuania, and also in Austria, visiting with my translators for my book and presenting at a conference. So it was just such a fun work trip. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so can you please introduce you yourself, your degrees and certification, and when did you start aromatherapy? Yeah, sure. I started on this journey into plant medicine when I was really young. I was just a teenager, about 16. And like many Americans growing up in the 80s and 90s, my parents and doctors were very well-intended, but they gave me a medication for every minor ailment I had. So by the time I was 18, I'd probably gone through a couple dozen courses of antibiotics. I was on daily allergy medication, and I really just felt like my health was getting worse instead of better. So I started to talk to people and I found out about acupuncture and herbs and just it launched me on this path, which has been lifelong learning and sharing. And I graduated from college with a Bachelor of Arts degree in English and Environmental Studies. And I focused while I was in college also on herbal medicine and nutrition, agriculture. I took a lot of herb classes on the side. I've actually studied herbology in three different countries. And I'm now certified as a clinical herbalist, aromatherapist. And I'm also a functional nutritionist and Reiki master teacher. So it's been quite a journey. So can you explain what aromatherapy is and tell us about the history and when and where it started? Sure. So the official definition of aromatherapy is that it is the aromatic, topical, and oral application of aromatic plant compounds for therapeutic use. So what I like people to understand is that these compounds are incredibly small, and they're also composed of lipids or fats. So these two attributes together allow essentials to pass through biological barriers like the skin, but also through the placenta and to breast milk and also through pathogens. So like superbugs or bacteria with hard outer shells and just they just can cross through barriers. And that's different than um, a lot of orthodox medication. It's different than herbal medicine. Uh, they're volatile, which means they evaporate very easily. So when inhaled through the nose, the scent molecules travel from the olfactory nerves directly to the brain, and they impact the amygdala, which is the emotional center of the brain. So we can affect both the physical self and also the emotional selves. And these go back more than 10,000 years. We have evidence in Egyptian hieroglyphs, Chinese manuscripts. We know they were used in Persia, Israel. Greece, India, India is probably the only place we know of where they've been used consecutively, therapeutically for over 10,000 years. So it's, it's pretty old and pretty powerful um, to use. Yeah. So please tell us about the benefit of using essential oils during pregnancy, labor and birth, and the different methods 
to use it? Sure. Well, most people are pretty well aware with the emotional benefits of essential oils. We have a pretty incredible catalog of evidence-based research in this area. And I think this is really common use for people during their lives. But when they're pregnant, maybe people think first they can use essential oils to help with things like sleep and mood. But there's so much more to that. Well, for one thing, if you're using them in that way and you get to know them. So even if you just have five oils in your home or in your purse and you start to use them for your mood, they so instantly impact your mood that literally you get to figure out how to choose your mood in any given moment once you start to use these a little bit. So that in and of itself is amazing for pregnancy. But there are also some benefits that aren't as obvious, like their effect on body systems like digestion, circulation immunity, skin health, respiration. During pregnancy, all these systems are affected by hormonal fluctuations and also your growing babies, rearranging your organs. So there's a lot of discomforts that come up in pregnancy that affect all these just normal body systems. And essential oils can be used topically to address a lot of these as well as aromatically. So I like to use them for things like morning sickness. People have achy muscles and joint pain. And and that's all just intended. Like your hormones relaxing and progesterone, they loosen your joints during pregnancy so your baby can grow. But this does cause a lot of discomfort. So certainly application through massage and bath is good for that. But also if you have low energy or poor sleep, you can diffuse the oils and get them through massage, indigestion, all kinds of digestive uh, imbalances and discomforts can be addressed by just applying the oils wherever you feel the discomfort. So if it's indigestion in your chest, you can apply the oils there topically. If it's in your lower abdomen, you just apply it directly over wherever it is you're feeling discomfort. Um, They can also help during labor for labor pain and slow to progress labor, anxiousness. And all these things I'm talking about are really just normal symptoms of a pregnancy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Throughout the entire process. And then into infant care and of course, mother-child care and you know, going into just raising your children with a natural approach with essential oils. Okay. So when you apply it topically, do you put only essential oil or do you mix it with something else? Well, it depends a lot on skin sensitivity. Normally, it's nice to have a carrier oil or something like sweet almond oil, coconut oil. There's a lot of different options for that, but that helps to slow down the speed at which the oils enter through the skin and it can also help them to be applied. It's just a smoother application, say if you have back pain or something. But people during pregnancy often have more sensitive skin than when they're not pregnant. So a lot of people will apply oils that are gentle like lavender just directly from the bottle onto the back of the neck or the wrist and they won't have a problem with skin sensitivity. When we're pregnant, sometimes we're more sensitive. So I recommend that people start with a carrier oil and start with gentle oils. And then if they don't have redness or swelling or itching or anything like that, you can certainly like make it a stronger concentration. But for massage, we start with about one teaspoon or five milliliters per drop of essential oil. Okay. Okay. All right. So I used lavender oil during labor and I just put a few drops on the pillowcase and I started throwing up everywhere. I was so sick And I didn't have much knowledge regarding aromatherapy. 
So why do you think this happened to me? I'm so sorry that happened to you. That is such a terrible experience to have, especially in that time during labor. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I do think it's probably not from the lavender itself, but lavender is one of the most adulterated essential oils, or it's the most popular essential oil. So people producing it are often just going after the smell of lavender, and they're not manufacturing for the therapeutic benefits. And that means that there's a lot of costs that are cut through the processing, which can mean a lot of different things. Sometimes people will add toxic synthetic chemicals to the oil or other additives like fillers and not use a pure form of lavender to begin with. So I would just suggest that people using essential oils at any stage of life use therapeutic quality essential oils if they're looking for the therapeutic benefits. I think what happened to you was probably because the oil was adulterated, unfortunately. Okay, so how do you know the difference when you buy it? Like, is there any brands that you recommend? Yeah, I do. There are quite a number of good brands of essential oils. I actually never felt essential oils worked with me before, even though I have this long history studying herbology. I never was so into essential oils until about 15 years ago when I tried doTERRA and their really reputable brand. And I do like the transparency behind their production. And they have a third-party group of chemists test each oil. There's actually a number on the bottom of each oil to indicate which batch it is. And you can go online and look at the exact like chemical profile. So I think when looking for quality, there are a number of different factors, but you want to make sure there's a lot of transparency with the manufacturer at communicating these things. I do have a page on my website, which I believe you'll share at the end where it's all just bullet points about quality and what to look for. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so using a high quality oil is really important to get all the benefits, but is there any other side effect people should be aware of? Well, when people are using the oils correctly, which is really simple. It just means to apply them properly. Don't put them in your nose or your ears or your eyes. Be mindful. Like there have been stories of people putting straight peppermint oil up their baby's nose because they've heard it can help clear congestion, things like that. That's a very dangerous way to use essential oils. So I find that when people have reactions, it's mostly because of just freely careless use. If you're brand new to do a little bit of research, I have lots of intro videos on YouTube that are free. They're like three minutes long. Just learn a little bit about application. But in general, you can put them anywhere in the skin for adults as long as it's not going into your eyes or ears or nose. Yeah. And then using carrier oil to start or testing on the wrist is a good idea. But mostly I find there's positive side effects. And that means, let's say you're using an essential oil for lice treatment. This actually happened to me. My kids had lice and I used a blend. And I use it on myself as well because the whole family has to do it. And the side effects for me were that I slept through the night for the first time in 10 years. And also I'd had this problem with my scalp, but I had tried everything I could think of, including just like herbal rinses, oil, argon oil, all these different remedies, and nothing worked until I did this lice treatment. So I had two huge side benefits from using it for one cause. And I think that's really common, actually. So play around with the oils and try to pay attention to what all they're doing for you. A lot of people may not know 
that lavender is the number one oil we have for burns, like sunburn, burns in the kitchen. There's so many uses for these. Okay. No, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I always <laughs> thought lavender for relaxing, you know, that's what Yeah, it's for relaxing, but there's so many other things it does. Yeah. So it's always better to ask recommendation to a professional and learn uh, more about it before using it. Well, yes, I, um, I think this is really simple. So if it's a matter of watching a 10-minute video on YouTube or talking to a friend who's tried them and uses them in daily life, I think that's a good precautionary method to take, especially during pregnancy or using them for with children for the first time. Okay. And beside lavender oil for pregnancy and labor, what other kind of essential oil you would recommend? I have a lot of favorites. I like the oil bergamot, which is derived from citrus rind. Uh, you may know of it from Earl Grey tea. But this is unique as a citrus oil because it has both floral notes and citric notes, which means as a floral note, it is relaxing and calming. And as a citrus note, it's energizing. Uh, for different reasons, jasmine essential oil also has these properties of being both relaxing and energizing at the same time. And I think those are both really wonderful to use at different times during pregnancy. I like bergamot to put into like a stretch mark, sort of preventative kind of blend that you can put into lotion or use like frankincense and bergamot, ylang-ylang, things like that for the skin. But the side benefit of doing that isn't just that it'll keep your skin healthy, but bergamot is actually tonifying to the uterus, so it can help to prepare for birth. So I usually recommend that people use this, you know, toward the end of pregnancy. Bergamot is also the most sun-sensitizing essential oil, so it's not one to put on the skin and then go out in the sun in. And that's something, if you have a good quality oil and a good manufacturer, it will say that on the bottle. So always read the bottle of oil that you're using before you use it for things like that. I like jasmine during labor, along with clary sage. They both have that just like wonderful sedative quality, but they also help both of them to strengthen contractions and make them more productive. Now, I was afraid to use clary sage in my pregnancies, which is so funny to say in retrospect, but it's because I'd heard that they can speed up labor and make it more intense. And I'm like, well, why would I want that? <laughs> you know, like if you're going yeah. into it for the first time, especially, you're like, I don't want that. But no one talks about how sedative and relaxing they are and how beneficial they are for the perception of pain. So I think this is just such a gift to bring into labor. Once your contractions are steady and regular, then you can swap out jasmine and clary sage, which have those uterine acting qualities with things that are just relaxing and helpful for pain, like ylang-ylang, frankincense, lavender, white fur. There's a lot of different options for that, but there's just so many. It's so fun to play around with. But even if you just want to invest in one or two essential oils, buying like lavender and clary sage or frankincense, those will be helpful for many, many different things. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit of different like kind of essential oil for labor. I wish that I would have known more about it before Me for too. myself. Um, too, yeah. <laughs> so I have suffered myself of postnatal anxiety and depression. So can aromatherapy be used during postnatal period for mothers and babies? 
Yeah, absolutely. They're very safe. I find for mood management, that's non-clinical. So just a reminder that if you have clinical postpartum depression or clinical anxiety, please also see a physician. But there are some wonderful oils that can be used to balance mood. And sometimes balancing hormones is at the root of balancing mood in postpartum. So I actually have a blend I can share. And this is a really nice one to put into a spray bottle or you can just put it in a diffuser or simply mix the oils with nothing in them and then smell them out of the bottle. It's really simple. But this is a blend that I recommend in postpartum for a lot of different reasons. It can help with sleep. Sleep disruption is so difficult for a lot of people. And just that underlying stress that you have on yourself from just recovering from childbirth and taking care of an infant and maybe older kids and work and whatever else you're doing. But this is a hormone balancing, regulating blend. I have cypress in it as well because that helps to balance the fluids in the body after childbirth. But it's just bergamot, cypress, sage, ylang-ylang, sandalwood, jasmine, and wild orange, or it's also called sweet orange. So that would be a great blend for some those things. So when you mix them together, would you like put just a drop of each or is there quantity to follow? Well, I like when people are first starting out to just keep it as simple as possible. But in general, we would use less of base notes. Like in that blend, sandalwood and ylang-ylang are base notes. You would use a lower amount of those oils and a higher amount of the top notes, which are usually from citrus, like orange and bergamot there's also middle note oils so as a rule of thumb you use maybe more of the citrus and less of the resin derived types of oils or the thicker more viscous oils but it's so forgiving i don't want to overcomplicate things you could just put a drop of each in your diffuser or equally mix those into a little bottle and then literally just open the bottle and smell it whenever you think about it There's a lot of really cool diffusing jewelry, and I recommend it. There's a necklace. It's kind of like a cage around a little cotton swab, and you wouldn't believe how long that lasts. That will last all day. So with someone wanting to balance hormones or lower stress or cope with nausea or whatever you're experiencing, if it's something that's kind of ongoing, you can simply wear a piece of jewelry like that, that throughout the day and put it in like this or even just one or two oils on it, and it will keep being influential on your mood and other things like digestion, energy, whatever it is you're targeting with the treatment. And there's also diffusers that you can put on a timer and they last a lot of the day. And these are perfectly safe around babies. The only precaution I have for aromatic use around newborn babies is that you're not in a closed space with a lot of steam, like your baby's not sitting outside while you shower with essential oils locked into a bathroom, like that kind of thing can be overwhelming for infants and babies and people with compromised respiratory systems. So that's one of the few advisory things to say about diffusing. Otherwise, just diffuse away. It's great for you. Babies do need to smell their parents as well. I don't think it would be natural for anyone to constantly expose themselves or their children to essential oils. Like you said, you have to think about it a little bit. <laughs> Most people aren't that on top yeah. of it. Okay. Well, that sounds like 
you can get a lot of benefits from the essential oils. It's very interesting. You know, Diana, so even I've, if someone just puts it in their mop bucket, if they clean their own home, you know, when they put it in like dish soap and window cleaner, if you just put lemon in all those things, that can transform your whole experience of pregnancy. It's that simple to just start with one oil and integrate it into daily life. It's pretty amazing how much it will benefit you if you're using really high quality oils. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can just buy like a bottle of essential oil and use it for everything around the house. And like $10. And it's such an amazing oil. It's so energizing and uplifting and mildly detoxifying. It's just wonderful if you have a depressed mood. It's just great. I love to just put it in my window cleaner and then I'm happy cleaning my house. <laughs> and it also has antimicrobial properties. So it is actually beneficial for cleaning as well. But this is really a different experience than just buying dish soap that already has a lemon scent. When you're actually adding real high quality oils intended for therapy to things, it's much more noticeable the kind of impact it has. Yeah, and it doesn't have all the additive. Exactly. Okay, so you wrote a few books. And as an author, can you tell us about the last book you published? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. It is called Essential Oils for Maternal Wellness. And this book came to me as a huge inspiration. Like I just had to write it. I had like kind of an epiphany about it and wrote the book. And it basically shares a little bit about my experience not having essential oils throughout my three pregnancies. And then in retrospect, how they would have benefited me, just remembering like every step of the way, the different things that came up. And also I do bring in my clinical experience because I worked with pregnant women in a clinical setting for seven years. And I also have done a lot of research and case studies and things like that. So it's not just my own experience, but it brings in all the research I've accumulated cumulatively in the last, gosh, is it 12 years now on this topic? And it's simplified. So it just goes step by step through your pregnancy and the order of symptoms usually occur for people or discomforts. Like it starts with morning sickness and it goes all the way through late different phases of labor, what oils might benefit you, how to use them. It goes into postpartum wellness and then the first year of infant care. And I do talk about things like if you have a hospital birth and you have an epidural, how should you alter use? Or if you're on medication, I do try to give a little bit of information about those kinds of things as well, because I don't think that's easy to find. That's amazing that you wrote a book about that, because I think one should know about aromatherapy and only few people know about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's great how I feel about thank your you. podcast and the work you do as well. It's so good to get this out there to people. Yeah. I mean, it's such a gift to know about it because, Absolutely. I mean, instead of using medication, I mean, essential oil is natural, so it's always better. I think that a lot of women that don't want to use medication and that's in their birth plan for labor and delivery and even during pregnancy, they just end up using nothing, um, which that was my experience. Yeah. I didn't want to use medication, so I just had nothing to really support me. And I think that there's this middle ground. There's this alternative, this whole realm of wellness where we can employ self-care. I work with a lot of midwives. I do midwifery trainings all across the world. I've taught in eight countries. And actually, my book's being translated into eight different languages. And I have an e-course as well that's being translated very soon. 
it'll be available. And I think Spanish would be the most relevant one to the United States. But the whole point in a mission is to get this information out there to more people because it's so useful. It is. So what other language your program is translated? Well, next up, coming out very soon, probably next month, is Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, and German. And then okay. on deck after that, or it's already in English. And then on deck after that is Romanian and Polish. And I also have someone working on Swedish. So, and someone wants to do Danish. And we, we've talked about French. I want to just keep being able to offer this to people. And I think people are more comfortable in their native tongue learning about something as delicate as pregnancy and, and self-care. This is fantastic, Stephanie. Okay. Tell us about like you've been working for seven years with like pregnant women um, in a clinical setting. Did you mean a maternity? No, I'm from Portland, Oregon, and we have a lot of wellness centers there. And the one I worked at was a family-centered, maternity-centered wellness center. So we had a mid midwife, nurse midwife, and then the acupuncturist, naturopath. I did nutrition and herbs and essential oil support. We used to go into people's kitchen and like help them to learn how to cook and show them how to diffuse the oils. It's really hands-on support for women during pregnancy, postpartum, and then also kids with autism. I did okay. that. So I didn't actually work with other practitioners. We just had clients we shared and it was a, a wellness center where people could come. That was really wonderful work, but I wanted to do more research on this topic. So that's why I left the clinic and just dove into interviewing midwives in different parts of the world who were doing this, you know, 20 babies a day with essential oil. How do they use them? What did they benefit from? So I ended up taking a year and a half off and just doing only research and then putting together my training course for midwives, which used, I used to do live a lot. I was actually just invited to Iceland to teach this course two-day workshop live for the midwifery community there. So I'm really excited to get that going again. But that is also the course I have online that can be purchased for continuing education credits. But also just a layperson can take the course as well if you want to know more on that topic. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. So I'm definitely going to have a look. I'll order your book for sure because I want <laughs> to learn about it. As a doula, I really want to spread the knowledge out there and help the women that I support during pregnancy and labor as much yes. as I can. Thank you, Stephanie, for sharing your knowledge with us today. You can visit Stephanie's website at dailynectaressentials.com for more info. And thank you, Stephanie, so much. And keep doing what you're doing because you're doing an amazing job. Thank you, Diana. And same to you. I can't wait to hear more of your podcast come out. Thank you. Bye. Bye.